Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Before we get into what's coming up on the programme this morning, John Paul, by the way, is back taking your calls at 1850-333-103 and texting is also available at 0862-103-103. We're still having technical problems with our WhatsApp, so please don't WhatsApp us. If you need to get through just by text, just go with the traditional text message uh, service. And before I get into what's coming up on the programme this morning, it struck me when I was listening to the our news bulletins earlier this morning, there was two stories and they just happened to be the way Barry he was reading them out they happened to just be back to back it ran one into the other and it kind of made me stop and think about young people today and one of them is the story of the Can family these are the family that have been living in Cork since 2017 and they are fighting a deportation order it was expected they were going to be deported today but Charlie Flanagan the Justice Minister has intervened and he's going to review the case of this family now the Can family it's the mum and the dad and I think there's four boys that there's three boys certainly attending Kaloshta Eamon Reish in Cork City. And then the older boy had been a pupil there, but he's gone on into university. He is in first year studying computer science at University College Cork. And there's been a big, huge outpouring of support for the Can family, particularly from the school and I know the principal and the teachers and the students very much getting involved. These seem to be much loved and much respected young people who have great plans for the future if they can only be allowed to live here in Ireland. I mean, you've got the oldest boy already in college hoping to be a computer scientist. I think one of the other young lads, there's talks of them becoming doctors, for example. They really are, you know, exactly what you want in young people and for their future. They're, they're upstanding young people who will really contribute hugely to our society going forward. You would hope that they will go on. Uh, obviously, very intelligent young boys as well, that they will go on to train to be fine, fine doctors and they'll end up uh, hopefully working in our hospitals. They were originally from Pakistan. They had to flee Pakistan. Well, the parents did back in 1982 and then they went to Saudi Arabia and then it was following the death of King Abdullah in 2015 in Saudi Arabia that things turned for them there and it was on that point in 2017 that they decided to come to Ireland and they've been living in direct provision uh, since and doing everything right and you know getting all the I's dotted the T's across everything that was needed but then uh, suddenly it was uh, felt no 
that they, the powers that be, the immigration uh, officials wanted to meet with them today, which meant likely that they were all going to be deported. And that's when this campaign uh, started. And as I say, huge, huge outpouring of support for this young family. So I was thinking, you know, these are young boys and, you know, they only want what's, you know, you only want what's best for them, for their education. But you would like to think, you know, that they, and, and you'd know by listening to them, if you heard any of the interviews that they did, that they are going to be really wonderful citizens and the type of citizens that we really want in, in this country. So while I was thinking about those young boys and what those young boys were going through, one of our own young boys decided to go off on a bit of a jolly and a bit of a rampage and decided to do a bit of joy riding in Cork City. And there's a lovely picture of a, a lady in her 70s. She's Carmel Ring who suffered injuries, got help her when her car was spun round because this young fella decided to go on a joy ride. Carmel Ring, she's described as a popular volunteer with the Cork City Football Club. She's in her early 70s. She was driving out of Blackpool Retail Park at about 12 o'clock on Tuesday when a car believed to have been stolen from the Shandon Street area. So, God, he went for a joy ride, wasn't even in his own car. Um, and came speeding towards her. And she said it happened in a split second, but it actually spun her car around. It blew her car into the air and spun at 180 degrees. God help her. She said the impact lifted my car into the air and spun it around. It came to rest facing back the way I had come from. She said I was told later that some of the shopping I had in the back uh, was sprayed all over the seat. She said I saw the car that hit me continue on at speed and I could see that it was being followed by a van. She said I then remember a man opening the door in my car and dragging me out. Uh, He said he was afraid it was going to explode. She said the smoke was probably coming from the airbag. She said, I don't remember the detail after that, but I remember a, a lady from Boots uh, by the name of Annette who happens to know me and she came over and helped me and another lady with a baby stayed with me and she was talking about how great and how kind uh, everybody was. Now, the, the other driver, the, the, the driver of the car had been this juvenile. Of course, there's no names or whatever because he's he's too young. He'll be protected because of his age. He was he had already been involved in collisions with two other vans minutes earlier. Uh, then he continued then after the collision with Mrs. Ring's car to mount a footpath, crashed into a barrier before he then fled on foot. He couldn't go any further. Further, but the driver of one of the vans that he struck earlier, he had followed him. That's what Mrs. Ring was talking about. She saw a van chasing after him. He, that driver, pursued him on foot uh, as he fled and then all we know is that a juvenile was arrested nearby within minutes. But I just, it was just the two stories of, of the young people. You had these, you know, these young upstanding members of their school so much so that this big campaign has gone on. Um, they're the, as I say, they're the type of young lads we need. And then one of our own uh, decides to, he could have killed that woman. He literally could have killed that woman. He had no regard at all for Mrs Ring's life or when he mounted the fa- footpath what if people were walking on the footpath just absolutely shocking anyway it just it's just it made me sort of you know when you listen to news bulletin and you stop in your tracks it makes you think about God what is wrong with our society that we have you know we have young lads that we should be welcoming into our city and into our county and into our country and, and, and they will go on to be such great citizens in, into the future and then what do we need to do with our own young lads what lessons do they need uh, to learn anyway that's, that got me going this morning that kind of got the adrenaline going and then lo and behold I came to work and started opening up my emails and my adrenaline really got going and I started to get very very angry and this is to do with 
the HSE's senior HSE's managers' plans to downgrade Bantry General Hospital. They want to downgrade it to what's called a Model 2 hospital. What's a Model 2 hospital? Well, from what I can gather and from the research I've been able to do since I've come on air this morning, it would mean that Bantry General Hospital would only open between 9am and 5pm. So, dear God, don't get sick outside of those hours. But even if you do get sick and take, for example, you were in an emergency situation and an ambulance gets called uh, one of these Model 2 hospitals, it would mean no emergency ambulance would be allowed to go to Bantry General Hospital. All the ambulances would go to, guess what? Cork University Hospital. Even if it meant somebody, the ambulance driver, having to drive past Bantry General, irrespective of the state of the patient, even if they knew that this patient could die, they would still have to, they'd be told, no, it's a Model 2 hospital, you need to get that patient into uh, CUH. I mean, GPs in the area are basically saying lives will be lost. And if you read down through the detail of what's proposed, you would have to 100% agree with local GPs that lives will be lost. Now, it seems there's some kind of a big meeting going on tonight because we straight away contacted uh, GPs in Bantry and they've sort of said look let's have this meeting tonight let's see how this meeting goes tonight which seems to be a meeting with the powers that be from the HSE coming down to try and explain explain what is going on so they're going to join us tomorrow on, on the programme uh, so what we've done instead is we've asked we've asked the three elected TDs that are in the area. I know we're in the middle and the start of a general election campaign. What I don't want, and I will say it to all of the TDs that join us on the programme today, this is the elected TDs we're going with. I, I, we don't want this turned into a political football. We don't want anybody saying, oh, elect me and I'll do this. And, you know, if you don't elect me, this is what's going to happen. So we don't want any of that going on. We just want to try to get to the bottom of What's the thinking behind this? Where has all this come from? And what do we as a community need to do to get the message through to these senior HSE managers that we need Bantry General Hospital so badly for the area? I mean, it's working well. We were uh, People already bemoaned the fact when the accident emergency, when we lost it both in Bantry and in Mallow, that we've put up with that, even though exactly what we predicted has happened. Go up to CUH, to try to get into the accident emergency department there and by God you'll have a long wait on your hands and that's not taking or in any way putting down the great staff at the Cork University Hospital. They are under huge, huge pressure. So because they're under so much pressure, therefore do we even need to relook, go back to the original, the way it was when we had accident and emergencies at both Mallow and Bantry? Do we need to look at those options again and say, okay, can we look at it? Is there anything extra we can be doing at these hospitals? I mean, there's, a, there's also a piece in one of the papers today that the HSC are looking at a, a site for the building of an elective hospital in Cork, in Cork City. The plan would be that all the elective surgeries that get cancelled, and we know that they've been cancelled at CUH and at the Mercy Hospital because of the trolley crisis, that we would build a new hospital where we do all of the elective sur- surgeries. So therefore, if you get booked in for an elective surgery, you know it's not going to be cancelled because there's a de- dedicated hospital for it. Then I looked at that and said, well, why couldn't we have a lot of those elective surgeries going on in Bantry Hospital? Put them on in Mallow Hospital. You know, if people are traveling 
travelling if people have an elective surgery if somebody wants a knee or a hip operation or a cataract operation and isn't a cataract operation a good example to use people are travelling from West Cork to Belfast to get a cataract operation done so if we had elective surgeries in Bantry or in Mallow I'm sure the good people of West Cork wouldn't mind travelling as far as Mallow to have a cataract operation or vice versa or you know hip operations knee operations you don't need to build a new elective hospital when we have two fine hospitals already sitting in the county that are being underutilised. But anyway, I'm digressing. We need to go back to and we need to see what we need to do as a community to stop this plan to downgrade Bantry General Hospital to this Model 2 hospital, which seemingly is the same as the model that's used in Roscommon hospital. They're all talking about that. Now I need to do a bit of research to find out what exactly goes on in Roscommon Hospital. But we want to hear from people this morning, in particular I think from people who've used the services of Bantry General Hospital. We need to get the message out to the powers that be that Bantry General Hospital can save lives and has saved lives in the past because I'm told that the award-winning acute stroke unit will close and all patients with acute stroke will have to travel to CUH. Now anyone that's ever experienced a stroke or anyone that knows anything about stroke will know you know they talk about that golden hour and and the seemingly this acute stroke unit uh, is award-winning for a reason because it has saved so many lives and you know the the GPs are already saying lives will be lost. If by nothing else because of a stroke, lives will be lost. And if they're not lost, the devastating effect, if you don't get the help that you need as quickly after as you've had a stroke, you know, the better the outcome if you can if you can get the necessary help that you need. And instead, we're going to say to somebody out on, right on the wilds of the peninsula, get into the back of the ambulance there and we'll look after you until we get to uh, CUH. I mean, have any of these people who make these decisions do any of them realise the the geography of the area how far away people are from Cork University Hospital and even just you know, myself and John Paul were talking about this in the office this morning and John Paul was making the point even it's not even just the mileage like someone's making the point that if you're travelling from say the tip of the Bear Peninsula and you're heading to Dublin you're halfway through your journey and you still haven't left uh, Cork County and that's allowing us the crow flies if you know there's no Oh, there's n- there's no nothing, no cars on the roads. There's no roadworks going on. We know along that route there are always delays. There's you know we know there's certain areas where you always know know that you're going to end up slow down or you'll come to a complete standstill. So you've got to factor that in as well. And that's going on while you're in the back of an ambulance, perhaps having a stroke or a heart attack or something else. And that ambulance has already driven past, gone straight past the gates of Bantry General Hospital. It just really just it beggars belief. It beggars belief. And I just I don't know who makes these decisions. How do they come up with these decisions? It, 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 frustra- it absolutely frustrates me and it just worries me. So we're, we're looking for your calls and comments uh, on it. As John Paul has taken the calls at 1850 Do bear with us on the phone lines if, because I have a funny feeling that they are going to get very busy uh, on this one. Do text us though at 086 to 103103. Or if you want to email, you can. You can email patricia at c103.ie. And as I say, particularly if you have a story to share with us about Bantry General Hospital and how Bantry General 
General Hospital saved you or saved your loved one's life or the difference that Bantry General Hospital made to your lives. We would love to hear from you. Also hoping to speak about Cork County Council's plans to introduce new guidelines which will reduce speed in estates in villages and outside schools. I think outside schools is probably one of the most important uh, ones. And then you get traffic congestion outside of schools, particularly drop off and pick up uh, time. And you're always sort of thinking, God, are these accidents waiting to happen when you see the congestion outside some of the schools? But it's the speeding is the big one. We need to just get everybody to slow down. We have a human rights lawyer joining us uh, discussing if it is a criminal offence for a landlord to offer rent free accommodation in exchange for sex twice a week. Remember we discussed this last week and the one question that kept coming up from people was surely surely that that is an illegal act so we're going to talk about that. We have a member from Garda Corner joining us for Crime File and uh, Jane Pickett will join us uh, from the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket answering your pet questions. We're also hoping to put a call through to Noreen Kinsella, mum of little Tommy. Remember yesterday we had calls in from people who had remembered last week when I spoke with Noreen about her son who was at that it was the eighth time he had waited for his heart operation and she had a promise that he was going to be operated on yesterday but she was saying again who knows I could get the call on Tuesday night or early on Wednesday morning say we don't have a bed we don't have the nurses whatever and we'd promised that we would check in with her and we had a lot of listeners yesterday saying any news on little Tommy so we put a call through through to her she didn't answer the call first and we were thinking "Mm, is that good news is that good news and it was good news she was inside of the hospital so when we spoke with her yesterday he was on the operating theatre and wasn't expected to be finished until three o'clock yesterday afternoon. So we said we'd leave her alone yesterday. They had enough to be worrying about with little Tommy. But we are going to try and see if we can get a call through to her today because I'd love to do a quick catch up with her just to see how the operation went because so many people were thinking of Tommy and uh, keeping Tommy and his family in their thoughts and prayers and the prayers paid off because the surgery went ahead. 1850 John Paul taking your calls.
That's music from Boy Meets Girl on C103 and that is waiting for a star to fall. Buddy in Bantry said everything is about cost these days. Cost, cost and more cost. But what about the tax money that Apple owes us. Is it not 16 billion euro yet sitting somewhere in an escrow fund isn't it? The government have gone to court saying they don't want it. If Apple are willing to give it to Ireland we'll take it. We'll invest it in the health service. I don't think Apple are willing to give it but I know the point you're making. That money could certainly go a long way buddy for sure. Thank you for your call. And hi Patricia. I had a fall on Monday. I broke a bone in my foot. The care I got in Bantry Hospital was outstanding. They need, they actually need to keep it open 24 hours a day, not any talk of scaling it down. If I'd had to go to Cork, I'd probably still be waiting. I live in Skibbereen. Yeah, they're the kind of calls that we want to hear, the success stories and so many people uh, speak so highly of Bantry General Hospital and the very same could be said about Mallow Hospital as well. It's only when people have a need to go in there and they talk about the care and the attention that they get and that's not in any way taken from the large hospitals like the Mercy Hospital and the Cork University Hospital. It's just they are simply too busy and that's the point I think that everybody is making and that's the dredge that people have that if they end up having to go to one of the larger hospitals which of course are the centres of excellence and all of that but nobody wants to put themselves into that situation of sitting there for hours and hours uh, on end 1850 just on a couple of other things coming in due to unforeseen circumstances line dancing is cancelled tonight in Clondrohid Hall was the three C's one and if so what was the answer yeah I meant to congratulate Monica Curtin from Mitchellstown. It got, it got exactly €3,000 today. Monica made the call and she had the uh, final C that was missing. And I need to get it checked with Simon, but I'm sure it was Larry Mullen from U2. One of the U2 boys uh, was who it was. But anyway, it's Monica Curtin from Mitchellstown is the happy camp- camper this morning. She finds herself three thousand euro better off and a Douglas listener says Patricia on a very short journey from Douglas to Cork on the bus about two kilometres in total I counted at least 21 Simon Coveney posters with his high profile does he need to have so many posters says a Douglas listener bearing in mind that yesterday we were calling on people to go poster free I, I, I never know the theory behind that of blitzing an area where you'll be driving along and pole after pole after pole after pole and maybe every second pole will have the same poster. I never understand it as to why they do it. The only thing I can think of, do they do it to stop others to take up the poles they got there first? So they'll put up the they'll put up their poster on the pole to stop other politicians coming and getting the the vantage point. I'm assuming that's the reason because it doesn't make any other sense. And you'll see Mark my words, you will see areas that will be blitzed with one particular candidate. And as you say, someone like Simon Coveney certainly is high profile. If people are saying that that they needed to up their profile, uh, surely any of the cabinet ministers would be certainly very well known. We certainly know all of their faces and you see them on TV enough uh, as well. But yeah, 1850 John Paul taking your calls. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas and kiln dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 Now, over the last few weeks, we have been hearing rumours of a HSE decision 
to downgrade Bantry Hospital to what's called a Model 2 hospital. Now, according to the Echo this morning, local doctors in West Cork are also very concerned and they say lives will be lost if the downgrading goes ahead. Now, we have invited the three sitting TDs in the area to join us. We've already been on to one of the local TDs, but there's a meeting on this evening with the HSE and they want to wait to go to that meeting first and then we'll do a follow-up with the GPs tomorrow on the programme. But I'm joined on the programme by Fianna Fáil, Dáil Deputy Margaret Murphy-Omani and also on the line is Independent uh, Dáil Deputy Michael Collins. We have put a call out for Fianna Gael, Minister Jim Daly, but uh, he hasn't responded. But Margaret and Michael uh, both join us. Good morning to you. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, and you're, morning, wel- you're welcome. And now, and I'm, I'm, I'm pleading with both of you um, to please don't make a political football out of out of this. I know we're in the middle of a general election campaign, but what's most important here is this: we've got to get this decision reversed. It has to be stopped. Uh, Michael, I'll start with you. Have you ended any understanding of what is the HSE's thinking behind this? I I would expect that they're trying to, I suppose, uh, create a system where all hospitals, uh, secondary hospitals like Bantry and Mallow, will be along the same line as, as, as the Roscommon Hospital, as a Model 2 hospital. Now, in, in, uh, I suppose we'll go back, and I, as I said, I'll do my best not to make it political, but we'll go back, in, in fairness, to, to Fine Gael. They opposed the reconfiguration that Mary Harney put forward a number of years back, prior to 2013. The unfortunate thing is James O'Reilly then came in and implemented it, I was a member of a voluntary group, not a politician at the time. We vehemently opposed that because it said it would lead to a loss of life. And and, uh, and we were told we were scaremongering and, uh, and so many other things were told to us at the time. And it, it has led to a loss of life. Now, the only consolation at that time is that we were uh, deemed, uh, Ireland was deemed, or the Bantry, sorry, General Hospital was deemed as a remote uh, rural hospital. It, is, it had that status where at least um, they weren't able to admit uh, stroke patients and uh, and, and basically um, uh, heart attack patients overnight uh, and and obviously during the day. The problem is now if it becomes a model two hospital, it has it, it, it could be detrimental. Uh, it'll only open from nine to five uh, for for non-acute patients. So people with chest infections, people with flus won't be see, seen locally, and it will lead to a major downgrading uh, of, of, of the hospital. Now, Patricia, I will say one thing to make it non-political. This is not something that I broke, even though I'm, it might be my name is, is on the papers. And it, it was uh, an email sent from the HC to the GPs and the medical professionals in, in the Bantry uh, General Hospital catchment area. Yeah, and I've, have, I've, I've seen a copy of the email where it clearly states that the, the, it, the plan is to change Bantry General Hospital to a Model 2 hospital like Roscommon Arenas. So, so it isn't a rumour, it is, it's, it's a plan. It's not a political stunt or it's not that sort of be said out there. It's, it's, it's a, a plan. It's a, it's, it's, a it's a plan. plan Does it also mean, uh, Margaret, that the, the acute stroke unit would close? Yes. Like, Patricia, this is a way above politics and I think in fairness to the three sitting TDs, like, there is no way a political football will be made of this. I think the, the main thing is that the HSC seem... They've, they've failed to see the unique rural status of Bantry General Hospital. It is actually the only remote hospital with Model 1 facilities in the whole of Ireland. And if this is to go ahead, it will certainly cost lives. No ambulance will be able to go to Bantry General Hospital, even if it means passing the door. They will have to go 
CUH. And we know already the trolley crisis there and, and how bad that is. And even a day last week when there were 73 trolleys in the CUH, there were 16 in Bantry. So, it, like, if they had to go to Cork, I maintain that it would mean 30 extra trolleys in the CUH if this is to go ahead every day. And it's just such a potential loss to the people of West Cork, you know, and we must fight tooth and nail from all parties and none to make sure that this doesn't happen. Now, and, and, like but who makes these, evening. Who, Mike, uh, uh, Margaret, who makes these decisions? It's, uh, this was instigated by the HSE. And it's a, Dr. Michael Power. He's actually the national lead from the HSE Critical Care Programme. Is he based he, in Cork? He, um, well, I suppose he represents the, the national clinic. So he... But, but, he but what I'm trying to get at, do, do, do they know Cork? Do they know the geography of the area? Have any of them been... I mean, would he know, for example, uh, would he know Castletown Bear is 140 kilometres yeah. away from CUH? Yeah. And if somebody has or, a stroke in Castletown yeah. Bear, they get in the they back of an ambulance, the they drive past Bantry and they're chugging yeah. along for 140 kilometres. Yes. Now, there's also a suggestion of giving the present GPs little bag packs with kind of emergency equipment in them. Well, and isn't that great for the GPs? Yes, exactly. Isn't that just wonderful? Yeah. So a GP I mean, will arrive with a bag pack that will save our lives, is it? Yes. Well, that's what the HSE think can, can replace the valuable service that Bantry General Hospital gives the people of West Cork, right across West Cork, east of West Cork to west of West Cork. And I mean, the, the fantastic care and everything given by the staff. And, you know, it's, it's just an insult to them, to us. And I will fight tooth and nail to make sure that this doesn't happen. Now, I asked to attend the meeting this evening. Yeah. I didn't want to break the news because I just wanted to see what would happen at this meeting. Let it go on, you know, in its natural course. I did ask to attend. And I was refused, which is a pity because I would certainly fight tooth and nail for it. Michael, so did you? Would, did Michael? Did Michael? Did you try? Would, did you try to get to the meeting? Again, I, I did, and uh, I thought we wouldn't uh, be allowed for for now. It's it's, it's uh, with medical the GPs and and the professionals out there. Um, but so it's but it's the doctors. Are, the GPs are going. Yeah, the GPs are going, but and like, the staff uh, from Bantry General Hospital. Um, I would expect that they would be there as well. Like, I mean, this is a very yeah, serious situation. Healthcare situation. workers. Healthcare they're workers. Extreme, they are, they're extremely, extremely concerned about this. Um, and, 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 and has the public been, because this news broke last week, I was made aware of it and it's been, uh, you know, out there in the public domain. I've been inundated with calls. You know, Bantry is serving a, a kind of a, a catchment of about 82,000 people. And I've noticed, even in more recent times, people in Bandon, Bandon, telling me that they're coming west to Bantry. They won't, they don't, nobody wants to go to see each of it all at all possible. And they've been using Bantry. And obviously, our islands, you know, it, is, it, 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 it wanted remote, a remote, a special uh, remote status. It got the remote status. And unfortunately, we lost the overnight E&E. But at least we had something, some comfort that we could at least see if people had had, had symptoms of a, a stroke or symptoms of a heart 
aspect that they had been to General Hospital there for them, it looks like this is not going to be the case going forward. And that and can, and we need, would happen. And we need to also point out, while there'll be people listening uh, to our programme today, for example, people in, in the city or in other parts of the county saying, oh, that's, you know, God to help the poor people of West Cork, it's awful. This will affect anyone that has to use Cork University Hospital. Because if, as Margaret says, it could be up to 30 more trolleys. Uh, anybody in the city who becomes sick and needs to go into CUH is going to be met by all the wonderful people from West Cork. Well, yeah, there's going to be a huge domino effect, Patricia, you know. And I just think even the emotional security of the people of West Cork that we know that Bantry General Hospital is on our doorstep and that they're, they're even thinking of downgrading it is just, it's just unbelievable. And, you know, not overplaying it, but I think this, if this happens, it's probably the biggest loss ever, ever to the people of West Cork. And it just, I'm just so cross and, you know, so disappointed that this is even being suggested. Uh, And Michael, like Margaret and like myself, you've seen the email communication. Do you think this decision can be turned around? I, I think, unfortunately, with the HSE, you know, they've been uh, blindfolded in, in recent times. They, they they don't tend to listen. If you go back to 2013, we did everything in our power to stop this reconfiguration from going ahead. Everything in our power, in a, as a you know, local community voluntary activist. We put the, the figures in front of them. We told them that time it would lead to a loss of life. We told them that time it would pack our the CUH, the CUH in Cork and that they wouldn't be able to cope with them. And nobody listened. And we're now fast-tracking to 2020 and we're facing in the very same situation. In 2013, reconfiguration of community hospital, of acute hospital services, it closed the nighttime casualty unit. And the HSE said at the time that Bantry would retain 90% services. And we know now the people of West Cork were misled. Look at the situation, the trolley crisis. Um, okay. We have and a situation I, where many I, adult I, people are staying in ambulances, okay. unfortunately not able to get that it. That the minister the didn't see fit, or the HSE didn't see fit to consult the TDs for the area to, you know, to even get their views on okay. it. And, and I do wonder, have these people ever been in Bantry? Yeah. Have, have they, you know? It's okay, just, I can see I'm, get, I'm getting inundated. The lines are, are flashing in front of me. I'm going to let you go because I need to take a break and I want to get to some some listeners who want to get in on, on, on this. But we'll stay in contact uh, with uh, both of you, uh, Michael and Margaret. And if you get any update, please bring it to us. Um, thank you for that and thanks for joining us. That's uh, Fianna Fáil All Deputy Margaret Murphy-Omani and Independent All Deputy Michael Collins. We did also ask the Fianna Gael Junior Minister Jim uh, Daly, uh, but we couldn't track him down this morning. Just a couple of texts. Good morning, Patricia. It's upgrading Bantry Hospital. The HSE should be doing this. I agree about utilising them more for minor surgical procedures and take the pressure off the acute hospitals and thus reduce waiting times. The acute stroke unit there is absolutely fantastic and it would be an utter disgrace if it was shut down. CUH is bursting at the seams. How long will it take to build a new hospital, which by the time it's built will be too small for the population? What, what is happening here? I had dealings with Bantry Hospital a few years ago and it made a difficult time a very memorable one in a very good way. And that's from Siobhan. And here's Paul from Toker because I'm making the point this is not just a West Cork issue while, you know, people are thinking oh, it's just going to affect the good people of West Cork. It's going to affect a lot of other people. I'm living in Toker, says Paul. I would avoid CUH where possible even though it's five minutes away from, from me. The CUH is overcrowded. Hundreds of people on trolleys every week. It's understaffed and the nurses are overworked. Why would anybody close an essential hospital like the one in Bantry and add to the 
overcrowding in CUH. It doesn't have the capability to handle any more patients Patients, and it's the downgrading of Bantry, not the closing and that's from Paul in Toker. OK, I'm going to take a very quick break and we're back with uh, some of the listeners' comments on this. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln-dried wood and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie So, you've got a smartphone or tablet. Download the C103 app today and listen to your favourite shows on the go. And if you've a smart speaker, ask it to play C103. Play C103. Okay. On your phone. Tablet. Smart speaker. And radio. Turn up the volume. We are C103. Text in saying rural Ireland hit again. Is that not what the downgrading of Bantry Hospital is all about? What is news? Pat says, no need for a Minister for Health, i.e. Simon Harris, if the HSC can simply sign off on something like this. Let me go to the uh, phone lines. Uh, Nora Lynch is the President of Bantry Lions Club and uh, she joins me. Thank you for holding. Good morning to you, Nora. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, How are you? I'm very well. You described this decision is appalling. It's absolutely appalling. You know, the people that make these decisions must have a degree in stupidity or they have never lived in the country. They live in the cities and they have everything at their fingertips and they haven't a clue what it is to be out in the country and to get to a hospital. And my heart goes out to the older people in West Cork this morning who have had, you know, health problems and maybe have to go to hospital and then they have to go by, they have to go to CUH and they're probably thinking to themselves, look, What's the point in getting in the ambulance? I'll probably be dead in the way. I might as well stay home and die in my own bed. Uh, uh, well, do you know something? Uh, it, seriously, honest to God, and I, I'm 80 years of age, and, you know, I, I really feel sorry for the older people who have health problems. How in God's name could people make a decision like that? And my suggestion, Patricia, is that every shop, chemist shop, doctors, banks, get up a petition everywhere in West Cork. I don't care who they are. Uh, garages, petrol stations, get a book, get people to sign it and maybe the the transition year students might take it as a project and go with it and stop this happening. Yeah, and it's the right time to do it because there's an, it there, there's yeah. a general election. It might actually work in our favour that a general election has been called. And, uh, and we don't want any in TDs coming in telling us that they will stop it because we won't, we won't believe a word out of their mouths. They're a pack of liars. Once they get in, they get, don't give a damn about us. Well, no, I, I, my fear also is uh, always is, is it's not that they're a pack of liars, but it's just once they get in, uh, their hands seem to be tied. It seems to be civil servants make all of these decisions and then there's nobody accountable for us. That's what I always worry yeah, about with yeah. these decisions. Stay there because Tom is in uh, Bantry as well. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, uh, uh, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well. You you have been in Bantry Hospital in and out in very quick time. Oh, yes. I, I, I'm in Bantry. And um, recently I went there for x-rays. I was in at nine o'clock in the morning for x-rays in my legs and hip and back. And uh, uh, I couldn't get over uh, the facilities that are there now. I was out the door and into my car and down the road at 20 past nine. <laughs> and my God, that, that hospital, I remember when it was being built and my father worked on a lot of people. It was the greatest thing ever, to, you know, to be saying like winning the lottery now. And I would say that the best thing to do is get that man, put him into an ambulance, take him down a fellow the door of his own, put him into the cable car and let him see what West Cock exactly. looks like. You know, right. look at the wear and tear on ambulances and all that kind of thing. He's going to add more costs to the hospitals in Cork and to the hospitals down yeah. here, you know. 
Um, it, it, if they put a bit more money into Bantry Hospital, upgrade the roads, we have a fine hospital here and it'll cover all points of the compass. You know, and they're and, talking, and the HSC, Department of Health is expected to write to the HSC at the end of the month to ask the health service to recommend a site for a new elective hospital in Cork City. So they, Jesus Christ, uh, uh, Cork insult City. injury. Yeah, so yeah, they want to build a new one in the city instead of using the facilities we have in the county? Yeah, they, 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 they want to put in the, the more um, money into the one down here and take the pressure off. Look at the, the amount of, of cars and all that's going into the city and the traffic jams. And suppose, supposing like you're going up the road in a storm, and the tree comes down inside an ambulance, you have to get in a stroke, you'll be dead before you'll be there. Yeah, well, that's you what know? the doctors are and saying, lives will be lost. Oh, my God, they have an excellent unit. There was two of my friends died there recently in the palliative care unit, and what treatment they got there was unreal. You could not believe how good they are there. That's Everyone the hospice. Yeah, yeah, I and, forgot about the hospital side of it. Every, I, know, I know every part of the hospital there and I know a lot of people working there and, everything, and they do great service and they often stay on beyond when they're shifting and we have to help people out. Okay. You know, All right. Okay. Listen. Thank you both, uh, Nora um, and. Uh, no, I, was go- I was going to tell you about an experience <laughs> I had in the South Infirmary last June. Yeah. I, dro- I drove from here to the Wilton, parked my car. Now you're only supposed to park there if you're shopping. Got a taxi across to the South Infirmary. I was in there at half two. I was still on the premise at half six, and I hadn't been seen. I got in home at a quarter to eight that night, and I still haven't been seen. And there was Tom in and out in 20 minutes and, I, yeah, and he I've was been x-rays. In, yeah. Yeah. I've been in and out of Bantry Hospital right. for x-rays and all sorts of bits and pieces and you're in and out and they're absolutely fine. Upgrade the hospital, put the money into Bantry Hospital and forget about the Cork cities. There's enough up in the cities and they're not able to run them. They're stuck to the hilt. You're on Corrales for days. Upgrade Bantry, put the money into Bantry and pay the doctors and the nurses proper money. Thank you for that. Well said. Okay, bye-bye. That is Nora Lynch. Nora is president of the Bantry Lines uh, Club and also Tom was on the line. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll continue with this afternoon's at 11. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Call and collect or get seven-day delivery for those cosy nights in. Lowcostfuel.ie Nick Richards plays Cork's greatest hits for your workday on C103. Are you looking for a serious music show? No, not that serious. With greatest hits from Rod Stewart. After all, I am there to sing. Ed Sheeran. I think I make good music, but I make music that people like. Elton John. I had to make something happen at the piano, and so I went for it. They're the greatest hits I play. Playing Cork's greatest hits while you work. Nick Richards. Weekdays from 1. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. We're getting reports in of road flooded and impassable at the mill in Castletown Roach. Actually, Castletown Roach was the area earlier where people were saying there was wheelie bins flying onto the road as well. So they seem to be getting a bit of a bashing today. But the road is flooded and impassable at the mill in Castletown Roach. Avoid, please. OK, a lot of texts coming into the programme on this news of the HSE trying to downgrade Bantry hospital and there is this big meeting going on tonight and we're hoping that one of the GPs that's attending the meeting tomorrow will be joining us tomorrow because it'll be really I'll be really interested uh, to hear how the HSE will 
will sell the downgrading of Bantry General Hospital, how they'll sell it to the local doctors because it is the local doctors in the area will be the ones who will be faced off with the patients and will have to be the ones saying to the patients, I can't send you to Bantry Hospital, I have to send you to CUH instead. So there's a lot of text messages coming in with a reminder again to you that our WhatsApp service is out of action at the moment and the tech team are still working to try to get it back up and running so you can only if you're contacting us by text just the traditional text message don't use the WhatsApp please so 0862103103 just let me just give you a sample I'm I'm interested to hear from people who've used the services of Bantry General Hospital just to try to get the message across maybe some of the powers that be are listening to us who knows just to get it across to them how important this facility is some of your texts uh, coming in. A wonderful team of doctors and nurses. Can you imagine the... Uh, oh, sorry, no, that's the tail end of another one. Good morning, uh, Patricia. My elderly mother had a fall recently when she received a head injury and a fractured pelvis. She lives in West Cork. She was taken to Bantry General Hospital where she got A1 treatment by a wonderful team of doctors and nurses. Can you imagine the discomfort for her if she'd had to go to CUH and possibly wait hours to be seen? In Bantry, she was seen and on her way home in under two hours. We in West Cork simply cannot lose Bantry Hospital or tolerate any kind of a downgrading of the services. Somebody making, thank you for that, somebody making an environmental point on all of this. Look at all the carbon emissions that will be saved by having local hospitals and people able to visit their relatives easily in a local hospital. That's a good point. If everyone gets funneled up to the city and then you have the visitors and the people going up to see them. And they'll all be travelling huge journeys. There will be a lot of carbon emissions. Martin says, hi Patricia, it's Martin Enniskeen on Bantry, the downgrading of Bantry Hospital. What is going to happen here is there'll be a big hullabaloo for weeks and weeks and once it's died down, the downgrading will take place. Nothing new, nothing magic, that's the formula. It's been happening since the beginning of time, thanking you. Oh, Martin, I hope not. I hope we can get a really strong campaign going in this real goodwill feeling that's there for Bantry Hospital and let's try and fight it let's just try and fight it tooth and nail my grandchild says this texter lives in Skibbereen and had an accident at home last Friday morning had to be rushed to Bantry Hospital for stitches he was stitched and at home in no time at all he would have been in CUH for half the day not to mind the time it would have taken to get him there and to get him home and yeah and for a little lad who needs stitches and it's all a frightening experience and you want to get it sorted and over and done with as quickly as possible. You don't want them sitting up in in an accident in an emergency department waiting hours and once again this isn't in any way the fault of the staff at CUH. They are under immense pressure. I would imagine that the staff at CUH will probably be happy with us fighting tooth and nail to stop extra people coming in on trolleys into CUH or coming in to be seen in the Aston Emergency Department by fighting to retain the services at Bantry General Hospital. We're actually doing the staff at CUH a favour as well. Morning Patricia, the reality is that people must rise up. The HSC has to go. It has given nothing but trouble since the start. We must take back control. That is from Pat. Mary says, is this not typical of the HSC? It just shows they don't care how many people are on trolleys at our city hospitals and they want to add to it by downgrading Bantry Hospital. We'll have to demonstrate about this. It'll be Mallow next. They've absolutely no idea all these pen pushers. That's from Mary. 
Catherine says, I'm in Allahy's. We can't get a doctor's appointment on a good day. Southstock has almost disappeared. Our roads to Cork City are a disgrace. I fear it's backwards. We are going here in rural parts of West Cork. Tim says, my late grandfather's neighbour lived in County Kerry, uh, was one of many from that area who were constantly sent to Bantry Hospital when they came unwell. They were about 40 miles away from Bantry Hospital but they were also 40 miles away from Tralee but hospitals in that area in County Kerry decided instead to send them to Bantry Hospital. I suppose it's just showing how in what high regard Bantry Hospital is held by doctors that the doctors opt to send their patients there. Olive says, Patricia, I'm hearing what's going on on the radio this morning about a possible downgrading of Bantry Hospital. I had my son there just last night at the injury unit. The doctor was superly efficient, kind, helpful, considerate. We were in and out in a very short time. I fully support Bantry Hospital. They are beyond Excellent. Well said, uh, Olive. Thank you for that. And Anne says on Bantry Hospital, Bantry Hospital is of no advantage to cancer patients in West Cork. All cancer patients have to go to CUH to receive cancer treatment and to see their cancer specialists. I've been to CUH for the last four years with my father for his cancer treatment. If my father got a bad pain tonight, South Dock would send him to CUH, not Bantry Hospital. My father has travelled by ambulance to CUH many times over the last four years, says Anne. Uh, Thank you, Anne. Uh, and I don't quite know what your point is, whether you're in favour of the Bantry being downgraded or not. We all know that CUH is a centre of excellence when it comes to cancer. We all know that we can't have a centre of excellence at every single small hospital. I mean, that's just not possible. We wouldn't have the money uh, for that. And there isn't the patient numbers to warrant that. So when people get cancer, they know they have to go to the centres of excellence and I'm assuming that's because of your dad's cancer. That's why he sent to CUH and not to Bantry and I don't think anybody is saying, oh, we need to have all the cancer specialists in Bantry but I think what people are certainly saying to us this morning is what they have at the moment, they want to dearly hang on to because it has saved lives. It It, it is saving lives and it will continue to save lives if it is left as is. Noel says, Patricia, the people making, thank you for your, that your text though Anne and, and we wish good health to your dad. The people making all these senseless decisions need to be called out and named. If this was a private company they'd be fired. This little country was better off 30 years ago says Noel who's also of the opinion we seem to be going backwards and a final text in from John in Clan on the downgrading of Bantry. It's up to everyone in Cork South West when the politicians come a knocking on your door looking for your vote this should be their number one issue. We have a service that's working and working well in West Cork. Why change it? Ask the politicians to stand up or shut up, says John in in Clonakilty, which is true. Like this isn't rocket science. Why fix something that isn't broken? It's, you know, just can't under, understand it. Uh, Buddy is in Bantry. Good morning to you, Buddy. Good morning, Patricia. This is you're on about a sta- you're on about a status yellow there. I think we have a status right here in Cox West. Go on. Our hospital. A few things <sighs> there I'd like to okay. to speak on. Bantry Hospital have there's an awful amount of money have been invested in Bantry Hospital yeah. in the last number of years. We've a helicopter landing pad, we've two state of the art theatres, we've an MAU unit. We have rehabilitation unit, one of the best in the country. We have dental, we have psychiatrists, our uh, psychiatric hospital section. 
Everything in Bantry, everything about Bantry is excellent. Don't forget the palliative the care, care, the hospice that we only spoke about. Yeah, exactly. And the care of the staff, the doctors, the nurses, the domestics, the porters, down to the last one of them is excellent. And then we have brainless people that's that having the attack of a brain. Too much education isn't healthy either. A little bit of common sense goes a long ways. Like, what are they thinking or what are they doing above in this office that they can just catch a pin, drop it, and it drops at Bantry, we'll decimate Bantry. That's not on. I think that we need to set up an action group. We had an action group here in the late 70s, and it worked very, very well. I think that we should start now. And the other thing that I can't understand is an election was announced Tuesday or whatever day yeah. and this morning this hits the headlines I wouldn't like to think that it would be a political football I, well, yeah well I don't I, I think I mean the meeting that's going on tonight that was planned before there was ever an election going ahead even though I did see in one of the emails that I saw I did see that somebody from the HSC happened to mention um, that there, there there will be a general election soon and changes are coming whether we're consulted or not uh, so they were aware that we were about to go into election but I don't think it's anything to do with an election and the other thing that I would be really interested to find out and hopefully we get more clarity after tonight's meeting. I mean, I can't find anything in the literature that I've seen. Is this cost cutting? I mean, is is that what they're saying? That is that the reason that they're doing it? Like how talking much money can cost, be saved? Talking about cost cutting, don't draw me on it. There's 16 billion there, they're apples. Our, go- our government is fighting it in court not to accept it because tw- they're afraid Apple would leave us. Now, if we're that short the money wouldn't sixteen billion go a lot in justice, health, education, and housing for us? Wouldn't that do a lot of? Yeah, wouldn't that yeah, do a lot of yeah, good things? absolutely. And absolutely. we're not we're not hearing a word about it, but still, it's costing the taxpayer, you and I, the legal eagles, are charging millions a year to look after that because banks don't want to be holding that. No, no, they don't. And actually, when you're talking about campaigns, let's not forget and mention the Friends of Bantry General Hospital, who are a wonderful organisation. And I only saw this week they shared this great picture of a new CT scanner that's been installed at Bantry Hospital. And remember, it was the Friends of Bantry Hospital who helped to fundraise, thanks to the generosity of the good people of West Cork, uh, they fundraised for the first CT scanner. And this week, another CT scanner went in. So they're, they're putting in this wonderful equipment and yet they're going to make it a nine to five hospital it just doesn't make any sense I think it's very important that we set up immediately some sort of a committee and invite the leaders of the main political parties down before the general election and leave each one of them give it to us in writing that if elected or if in government they won't close Bantry General. They'll upgrade it, which it needs. Like, Bantry, like I'm in the taxi business. During the week goes by that I don't pick up people from the bus. They're from Bandon. They're from Ballinine and Esteen and Manuel. They're coming over to us because they can't get into CUH or any hospital in Cork. And they're, they're using Bantry? They're using Bantry. Bantry's fantastic. And again, I must reiterate, the staff, from the doctors down to the last person there, the care is second to none. Why 
or, or what in the name of God is wrong with them above in the HSC? They've, they're only doing it because they haven't a clue the the rollout of the well, well they, they they say it's the slaunch of care and all of that and I, I just I, I can't get into their head stay there because I want to bring in Con McCarthy who was the chair of the West Cork Community Alliance back in 2013 good morning to you Con good morning Patricia um, Con you were involved when the, the fight happened for the original downgrading of the I, hospital I, I was Patricia look a group of us were just ordinary voluntary community people we got together look we were from all political parties and none and we got together to fight for general services that were being downgraded, not just uh, not just Bantry. We were on, at the time, concerned about downgrading post offices, guard the barracks, uh, home health. There was a whole series of, of cuts happening at the time in 2013. And uh, we, we got put a group together. We, uh, we became very, very involved in Bantry Hospital. We had meetings with the HSE. Uh, we had meetings with a number of people on it. We had public meetings. Now... I was the chair. The vice chair of all group was actually from Fine Gael. She was Karen Coakley. The, 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 she had been a, a mayor of Skibreen. She's running as president of eviction. Michael Collins, was, uh, who was the president of TD, was our PRO. And Margaret Peters from, uh, from Kalekil was our secretary. So we were across the board. We were non-political. Uh, we outlined to the HSE our concerns. Our big, big concern was the distance. Distance from West Cork. The implications it would have for ambulances. The implications it would have for people the implication would have for CUH and the other city hospitals with overcrowding and with the numbers, because we also knew that at the same time, this reconfiguration, this was started back in, I suppose, about 2008, 2009, it was first talked about Mary Harney. Was yeah, Mary Harney was the first. She, she was the first yeah. that pushed it. No, it was opposed vehemently inside the door by Fine Gael, and the records are there, and you can see that yourself. Now, uh, then, when there was a change of government in 2011, this was it was being implemented. So we fought against it. We we knew that Mellow was also going to be closing. The A and E in the South Infirmary was closing. We were going from five A down to two in Cork. We saw that as we we saw straight away there would be major implications with it. We felt that the ambulance uh, ambulance services at the time they were even talking about cutting the ambulance services in West Cork and reducing the number of ambulances. So we uh, and there was a there under Frank Fahey, they were fighting very, very hard on that, parallel with ourselves. So, uh, we, we, with the meetings with some of the people in the HSE, they put, put up facts and figures in front of us that told us the service would improve, COH would have the extra capacity, they couldn't, more, they were very nice, but they demolished every argument we put up. You know, a, 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 a fifth-class child would know that capacity was going to be the problem in Cork. But they assured us that all the figures, that all the facts. Unfortunately, now, as the years rolled on, we saw, uh, we saw the results of it. We saw the massive waiting times in places like COH. The same problem has happened above in Limerick. It has happened nationwide, where the smaller hospitals have been closed down rather than upgrading these facilities. Now, uh, yeah, so, OK, and, and can't... Do you think we need to start campaigns again? Oh, absolutely, Patricia. We need to publicly highlight it. Like, somebody has to be held accountable. Like, like we have a habit in politics of kind of saying, oh, look, it's the HSE or it's somebody else. It's, it's the director of services to somebody. And we have a habit of pushing it away. And, push, uh, and people, no matter who's in power, it doesn't matter what party is there. Uh, par- uh, uh, 
politicians have the habit of actually pushing this away, saying, not my decision, but somebody has to be accountable. Look. And they have to listen to the people because I, I can see that I have so many phone calls uh, coming in. Just stay there because Rose from Tara's Jock is going to get the campaign underway. Good morning to you, Rose. Good morning, Patricia. You've, you've started a petition this morning. Yes, I have, and I have it nearly a page full. And what, 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 what are you just saying on it? People are just so annoyed against the closure of Bantry Hospital. Well, it's not closure, because they, they'll come back and say we're not closing, it's downgrading. They're trying to downgrade, downgrade it. Okay. Hospital. So it's pe- an absolute disgrace. So what about all these these outreach surgeons that are coming in? I have a Dr Conroy coming from Medford General, yeah. orthopedic services. And I know a lot of people that are attending service in Bantry Hospital because they're not able to go down to Twilly General. They bring the services to us. And it's much handier and easier for you to, to my get own there. Husband, my own husband has to go to Twilly General for certain um, um, procedures, but she comes to Bantry Hospital to help uh, to, to offer other services in the orthopaedic line. And you'd be fearful that you could lose that service as well? Oh my God, people are... I, the clinic is packed out the door. Okay, all right. But if people want to go into Tara's shock in Dunmanway today, there's the first petition yeah. that's there if, if anybody wants to sign it. Okay, uh, listen, thanks good luck so with that, Rose. Uh, thank you for that. Thanks uh, thanks a million. Uh, Con, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, no doubt, I think we will be talking with you again. But uh, thank you for your input today. Okay, perfect. Thank you for that. And uh, Buddy, thank you. We'll let you go back to the taxi business. Okay. And bye thanks bye. for joining okay. us. Uh, bye bye. 1850 333 103. John Paul continues uh, to take your calls. I can see a lot of texts have come in uh, and we'll get to those as well. To, but time for this. C103 Jobs. With Hewitt College. Now enrolling for full time fifth and sixth year and repeat leaving cert programs. Your success is built on their experience. See HewittCollege.ie. Burton's in Cantor. They're recruiting for a receptionist cashier with admin and book keeping experience please a bar person is wanted for the sportsman's bar that's in Aherla while JMR House to Home Centre in Mallow they're recruiting for a part time bookkeeper that's for an immediate start job does come with flexible hours and a stores person slash sales assistant is wanted for Mallow Good computer service and computer skills are necessary along with a full driver's licence and you need to have your own transport. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas and kiln dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie This is the Court Today replay on C103. Okay, and listen, I'm doing my very best to keep up with all of the text messages that are coming in. A reminder to you, don't WhatsApp us. We have a technical difficulty with our WhatsApp, so we're only receiving texts by the traditional way, 0862 103 103. And John Paul is taking your calls. Again, patience, please, because a lot of people want to get in and talk and share their views and talk about Bantry General Hospital. And so many people have stories to tell about what a wonderful, wonderful hospital that it is. Let me go to just... 
some of your texts that have come in. Uh, hi Patricia, get the Healy Rays up there to Dublin. They'll sort it out. The best rehab in Ireland is at Bantry Hospital. It's like home from home. The people of West Cork will simply, we have to save it. Forget about the politicians, they're all talking no action. That's from Francis. Michael says, how are you doing Patricia? I was in Bantry Hospital with pneumonia in 2017. I was seen within an hour, was treated so well by all of the staff. They were absolutely fantastic. Can you imagine all the knock-on effect it will have in CUH that's already full to a way beyond capacity as was seen on your own news service. Trolley team figures getting higher every day. We must save Bantry. There's no ifs or no buts. We just must save it. That's from Michael. D in Goline says I was in the A&E department in Bantry at the beginning of December. I had a broken toe. Ouch. Couldn't have been looked after any better. I'm also waiting for treatment for carpal tunnel and if I have to go to CUH I just won't have it done. CUH they're just full of pen pushers and that's the problem says D in Goline not just West Cork says this texter but also Kerry people as far as Sneem use Bantry General Hospital Patricia it may be time to have a vote of no confidence against the management and the top heads at the the HSE who in their right mind would contemplate downgrading any hospital during such a current health crisis. What an unbelievable decision. That's That's a really good point. We've constantly been talking about a health crisis and here we have a decision she will downgrade one of the hospitals in the middle of it all. We have to be like the French says a texture and protest on this outrageous decision. Stupidity by them yet again. They haven't a brain cell. This is the time to fight for our hospital right now. If we don't, we will lose it. Heidi says, good morning, Patricia. What in the what in God's name do they want to do to this wonderful hospital in Bantry? I've been treated there on three occasions. It's a very caring hospital. Great people working there. We cannot allow this to happen. Has to be stopped ASAP. What are the HSE thinking of uh, in, is it because it's a rural area? Well done for fighting for this. Also to the two politicians who joined you earlier. And just fa- one final one in this bunch. Michael in Bantry says, Patricia, with regards to Bantry General Hospital and possible downgrading first, this is not just a West Cork issue. This is a monster issue. If Cork University Hospital has enormous issues at the moment with trolleys and overcrowding. How can it possibly absorb all the extra patients it will receive that will currently be going to Bantry Hospital? There'll be a knock-on effect for every single patient who has to go to CUH and to the Mercy Hospital. My second point is this decision by Dr Michael Power and his Dublin-based HSE officials is a purely financial one. It's not about patient care. The big financial black hole of the Children's Hospital has come home to roost. This is Michael from Bantry. I think Michael may be hitting the nail on the head because in any of the literature I've seen I need to do more research this afternoon when I come off air but anything I've seen so far I can't see anything about them saying that it's cost effective and you know they're they're doing it to save money but of course we know they need to save money and why do they need to save money because of the overrun in the children's hospital could the children's hospital be built at the cost of lives in West Cork Kathleen uh, joins me good morning to you Kathleen good morning you claim your husband is alive today uh-huh. because of, of Bantry Hospital tell yes. me more tell me that more that is true my husband last January got uh, sepsis oh my god uh, he was in the verdict kidney failure heart failure 
chest infection and lung infection. And thanks to Dr. Carey and the staff in Bantry Hospital, the man is alive today. And did they, they obviously realised very quickly that it was sepsis? Yes, Dr. Carey did. Well done, Dr. Carey, because it's one of the mm-hmm. one of the hardest things. If, and if it gets yes, missed, yeah. you're, you're a goner. He had problems with, uh, he had a hip replacement many years ago and he got an infection in the bone and the hips and they sorted that out, but the infection had travelled. My God. He got that sorted and it was down in Waterford. Mr. O'Sullivan had operated him in Waterford. And he spent seven hours in the theatre getting that flushed out, that infection. But it had travelled to the rest of his body. And we came back. We had to come back to Bantry then. And Dr. Carey had saved his life. And did he go downhill very quickly, Yes, Cathy? he did. Yeah. Yes. New Year's Day here, he, he, he just spent the day in bed. He couldn't do nothing. Um, he went to Dr. Cotter. And Dr. Cotter sent him straight up to Dr. Carey and... He was admitted and then he was in high dependency unit for, what, two weeks. And what were they saying to you at the time? Uh, he had an infection. They couldn't find it. They couldn't... They took bloods every couple of hours. And in fairness, Dr. Carey kept at and at and at and eventually they found the right antibiotic or whatever. He was in venous antibiotics about four or five times a day. And were they telling you that your husband is very unwell? Well, Dr. Carey wouldn't give me a 50-50 chance that he'd live. Wow. I sat, he came in, to, I was with my brother, and he came into the canteen in the hospital and he sat down and he told me how sick he was. And then I'm looking at him thinking, mm, you know, what are you saying? And I said, you know, do you think he's going to, to die? Or Well, he said, I couldn't even give you 50-50 chance at the moment. That was a shock. Mm. And and how long did it take for for full recovery? He, he was inside there a month. He was inside in, oh. the, in the Bantry Hospital for a month. month so you January. were nearly living inside in the in Bantry yes. Hospital, I imagine. Yeah, he came out three stone lighter. Oh, not he the was, not the kind of diet that you, you no. particularly want. And, and then, everyone talks about the care, Bridget. Oh, it was the, the care was unbelievable. Like the, he, they couldn't have done more. For, they couldn't have done anything else. The care was unbelievable there, Every, from the top down to the very bottom, let's say. And he's fighting fit today? He's fighting, <laughs> and then he had great follow-up care from Newtone Surgery here in Bantry. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. All right, so you don't want to see, you want to see Bantry Hospital left alone. Do not oh touch God, it. Oh, my God, yes. Do not touch it. Definitely, definitely. Okay, thanks for yes. that, Kathleen. Let me go to Bridget is also in uh, Bantry. Uh, morning to you, Bridget. Hi Patricia, how are you? I'm not, I'm not too bad. You're on about the local GPs getting the backpacks to deal yeah. with the emergencies. Well, you know, they said they were going to give the, the local GPs an emergency backpack. Yeah. For goodness sake, anyone that lives in this locality or that visits the GPs here in this area will know our GPs are under enormous pressure at the moment. There's so many people sick. They're, they're in the surgery two, three, four hours after their time is, is, is finished in the evening. They finish, if they finish at five. They're still there at seven, seeing patients. You pass the doctors, the doctor's surgeries. There isn't even passing in the car parks there. They're so busy. They're up to their necks with people sick, and it's such a big area, and that we don't have a lot of doctors now. How in the name of God are they going to have a backpack? They'll be bent to the ground with a backpack. They have so much work on their shoulders at the moment. 
how are they going to have this emergency backpack and be there to, to, to pick up the pieces? They can't do it. Yeah, and Bantry is one of the, like a lot of other areas, but Bantry, I'm sure, is one of the areas they're having problems recruiting GPs. I mean, that's... They're, they're not there. And that's the, yeah, and, and young GPs, when they're qualifying, they're getting the hell out of this country because yeah. nobody, no young doctor wants to work those kind of hours. Yes, at all. Like the doctors here, like our local GP here in Newtown Surgery, the, the doctor is in there at 8 o'clock in the morning. They might be still in there at 7 o'clock in the evening. Like... You're talking about doctors with families that have they have no life because they can't leave sick people waiting, and they're they're like they don't have a minute to spare. How can you burden them with this emergency backpack yeah. and expect them to do this kind of work? Yeah. And another thing, there's ambulances at the moment waiting up at CUH five and six hours in the day because the people they're bringing up there's nowhere for them to go. So those ambulances are up outside the CUH with sick people inside them. Now, if there's an emergency back in, in, in Alhaz or IRE, there's no ambulance. It's up in CUH with a patient. That there's no room in CUH for them, so they have to stay in the ambulance. Yeah, so they're talking about putting you in an ambulance and getting you to CUH, but we mightn't have an ambulance for you. That ambulance, and if you go up to CUH in an ambulance, that ambulance crew could be held there five or six hours waiting for someone to take this person and put them in a bed. They are? My son yeah. was in CUH. My son was in CUH before Christmas with a pain. He went in one night at two o'clock in the morning or something and he was still sitting on a chair at eight o'clock in the morning. He eventually got a trolley and he was in the trolley until one or two o'clock in the day until they gave him pain relief and he went home because he went back to his own GP. He couldn't stick it there. He said you'd have to see it to believe it. The pressure the staff were under running from trolley to chair to bed to try and help people that were waiting to be put into bed there. Yeah, it's just... It's, like, it's, it's unfair, but it's unfair on the, the staff at CUH to expect them to pick is. up the flack. And, and they're very nice and they're so helpful and they're just stretched to the limit. It must be terrible to have to work on them. But should we had one of the nurses, we only spoke about her last week, the week before, who was in tears. She That's said fine. in the middle of a shift... She, she burst into tears while trying to do her job. How can you do a job if you're that emotionally yes, stressed? These people then that have the cheek to come along and say they're going to give the, the, the GPs, like, in other words, they're putting the responsibility on the GPs. Yeah, and something goes that's wrong that's then, the GP was to blame. When you got the backpack, you shouldn't have been I able had, to sort it. I had a relation that was in Bantry Hospital before Christmas that got a stroke. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Patricia, the care and the attention that that lady got while she was in there was second to none. I'm telling you something. It was They were absolutely fantastic. She came out of that hospital a new woman. I'm sure, and I'm going to have to try and dig it out this afternoon, I'm sure I saw a stat that if you're to be anywhere in the country to have a stroke, have it in Bantry, Bantry because of that, exactly. because of their stroke unit, they have the highest I mean, success rate. And we have, like, it's like, you know... Like they should put a welcome sign over the door there because they are <laughs> so good and so welcoming and so they're so consoling to the sick person. Yeah, you know, like I've been up there visiting. I've I like I've driven people to that hospital. I've driven people there that have come down from Bandon and Ballinine and places because they have had nightmares in CUH. Travelled by bus up to CUH for appointments and missed the bus coming back. Oh. Their appointment went so late. Oh, God. you know, like yes, it's 
frustrating. I tell you, everybody, it's a gloom inventory now since this news broke. I know, but even listening to Kathleen, the caller who was on before you, talking about her husband, and yeah. I, I thought it was lovely when she said the consultant came out in Bantry and sat in the canteen with her where she was having a cup of tea to tell her the news. You know, I was thinking, and this is no nothing against the, the guys and gals in CUH, but I couldn't imagine a consultant in CUH sitting down in the canteen and having a cup of tea no. with you to break the news to you. They'd, be, they'd be too busy to do it. Dr. Carey and Dr. Winnicka and the doctors in Benetry, they're just, look, they're everybody's friend as well as being their doctor. Yeah. Because they're so, they're so consoling to people. They treat everybody like they're their own. And they're like part the of the community. The personal touch is there. Yeah. And I live in Benetry, a, a mile, two miles from, or two kilometres from the hospital. But what about the people that are back in the Beira Peninsula, inside in Bear Island, at his Irees, our groom? How in the name of God could you put someone into an ambulance and bypass Bantry and hit cross them? It, it makes no sense. It's All right. heartbreaking, Th- Patricia. And oh. I mean, burdening the local doctors with this special backpack, that is absolutely a joke with the pressure our local doctors are under. And our local doctors are fantastic, every one of them. But like, they're under enough. We don't have enough of them. All right, Bridget, thank you for that. And uh, thanks. Thank you so much for giving us so much air this morning. No problem. That's what we need. No problem. Bye-bye. Well, it's been dictated. Thank you. Good morning to you. It's been dictated by the listeners. I have to say, because the phone lines are hopping, uh, as is the text message service. Kieran in Bishopstown says, the Mercy is another hospital. Don't forget that people are transferred to. So if somebody's travelling from West Cork, you might even get into CUH. You could be sent to the Mercy, which is even further inside in the city so the journey is even further. Some of your texts, this ridiculous decision on Bantry Hospital shows why the health service will never be fixed, says a texter. How can these people continue to to have power to make such decisions when they're making so many wrong mistakes? Kevin says, hi Patricia, opening the hospitals that were already downgraded, they should be doing that. They should be upgrading hospitals. For God's sake, will people wake up? We're going to need to get out and protest. Morning Patricia, God Almighty. What next with this news on Bantry Hospital? I'm shocked. As a mother yourself of a special needs daughter, I'm a mother to a special needs son who was admitted there in June of last year. From the time he went in to when he was transferred to the Mercy in Cork to get a peg fitted, I couldn't but praise highly the staff uh, at Bantry Hospital. My God, I mean, each and every one were just fantastic. He was transferred back to Bantry again after a few days and again he got the same high-class treatment with staff crying to welcome him back plus banners up to welcome him back. Uh, The love that they showed us, even the cups of tea this hospital has and cannot be downgraded. If anything, they should keep the A&E open 24-7. Yet they have plenty of money for a children's hospital in Dublin and I think a lot of people are starting to join up the dots. They need extra money for a hospital in Dublin. Is it going to be at the expense of um, Bantry? Patricia Texter says maybe a good email to Leo protesting and maybe we need to set up online petitions. Maybe that is the way to go. Marie says Hi Patricia, I was in CUH recently with a family member. We were waiting for over 10 hours for a scam and there was people sitting down on the floor of the waiting room. It was crazy. We could not use Bantry because there was no eye clinic there. Bantry needs to be upgraded, not downgraded. And that's the point I'm making. The HSE are talking about getting extra money to identify a site for an elective hospital in Cork City where all of these elective procedures and surgeries could be done. 
Why can't they look at Bantry Hospital? Why can't they look at Mallow Hospital and put some of the elective procedures in there and invest instead of downgrading, upgrade. If the Healy Rays were involved, says the texture, it wouldn't be downgraded. Baz says, Patricia, um, this is an, uh, there is an election on the way and the politicians plus their hangers honours will be coming around to the people. This is a great opportunity for the people to speak their minds and to vent their anger. You'll not beat people power, says Baz, which has been proven uh, before. Your programme today is a little bit of, there's the little bit of democracy that we have left. OK, that's just some of the texts coming in. Uh, continue. Uh, we can, uh, there. We continue to hear, listen to you. 1850 John Paul is taking your calls and you can text. No WhatsApps, please. Just text to 0862 103 103. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Short Castle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln-dried wood and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie Every Friday, we're counting down to the weekend, the weekend. by turning up the Feel Good. C103's Feel Good Friday brings you six hours of Feel Good Greatest Hits. Join Nick Richards from 1 and Martina O'Donoghue from 4 as we get you weekend ready. Weekend ready. Turn, turn, turn. Turning up the feel-good for Cork. For Cork. Every Friday from 1. Feel Good Friday, only on C103. Just let me wrap up. Um, there were the last few, a couple of texts that have come in. There's just been so many of, so many of them about this possible downgrading of Bantry General Hospital because we will come back to this issue again tomorrow. But I just want to wrap it up for today. Just some of your texts uh, coming in. Uh, Councillor Paul Hayes, listening to your debate about Bantry Hospital, is it not yet another example of how out of touch some of the officials at the HSC are when it comes to the geography of rural areas like West Cork? Anyone who is at any dealings with the doctors and the staff in Bantry have the highest regard and praise for them. Patients and indeed ambulance paramedics are already very frustrated with having to pass Bantry Hospital and take the long road to CUH uh, for after hours care as a result of previous downgrading. We had to fight to keep the amount of ambulances available in rural West Cork. We will have to fight to keep our air ambulance service going and we will have to fight this proposed downgrading of Bantry Hospital. We are not being alarmist here but decisions like this by unaccountable officials in the HSE do have serious consequences for people living in West Cork and they must be challenged. Uh, best regards and that comes in from uh, Councillor Paul Hayes and Marie says Patricia hope this message finds you well. People should tell the candidates on the doorstep during the general election about the downgrading of Bantry Hospital that they will not stand for it. Uh, keep up the good work. Madge fees it's a done deal. Oh, I hope not Madge. Uh, Bantry's already lost. Uh, surgery gone, maternity gone. The downgrading is next. Um, it's obvious, says a texter, that the HSE have no regard for the good people of West Cork and beyond. Lives will be lost with this downgrading. God help those who get a stroke or a heart attack after 5pm. OK, just some of the many, many texts uh, coming in. Um, as I say, we will get back to this issue. The, 
tomorrow because there is this big meeting on tonight and all the local GPs are attending and one of the GPs is going to speak with us tomorrow so hopefully we'll have some more information and just I want to try to find out can this is is it a done deal or can this decision be overturned and if it can be overturned what do we need to do uh, we're going to rejig some of the slots that were meant to be on our programme but obviously the issue with the downgrading of Bantry General Hospital taking over this morning so we will have member of Corner joining us for Crime File after 12 and we'll also uh, look at that issue from Cork County Council where they're introducing guidelines to reduce speeding in estates, villages and outside schools. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Call and collect or get seven day delivery for those cosy nights in. Lowcostfuel.ie C103 Anthems. Anthems. Weekday mornings from 9 and evenings at 7. Cork's greatest hits. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. I just want to go back to some comments that have continued to come in about uh, Bantry before we wrap it up for today. Charlotte, on our Facebook page, we go back a few years when Mallow General Hospital was downgraded, says Charlotte. It served people back to Rock Chapel, Kiskame and the bordering towns. It was a big, big mistake. We, the people of Mallow, lost the A&E department, a full operating theatre and an ICU unit. And we, the people of Mallow, feel exactly the same as Bantry people are feeling this morning. Uh, Don't let it happen. It's a disgrace. Ellen says HXC executives need to get their fingers out and fix all issues. Minister for Health needs to also step up or are we paying for the overspend of the children's hospital? Does anyone realise that country areas have a right to services as well? Fiona said it's an absolute disgrace. This hospital is a lifeline in West Cork and they talk about overcrowding in the big hospitals yet they want to downgrade this excellent facility. And Amanda said also worth noting Oh, this is interesting. Amanda said it's also worth noting that Bantry is the only hospital in the province that does a thing called tilt table testing for epilepsy and other seizure related illnesses. I was unaware of that. So there you go. There's something quite unique and special at Bantry Hospital. And in Bantry ringing the comment line said I know people that travel who are living in Inner Shannon and they travel to Bantry because of the quality and care that is afforded at Bantry Hospital. They can't deal with the busyness of CUH trying to get in and out of the hospital or indeed the Mercy Hospital and all the parking issues in the city. John in Clon said, I'm just after driving back from Bantry Hospital with a wheelchair patient, but it's ironic that the HSE are advertising for their local injury units and they mention Bantry as having a local injury unit uh, despite their potential decision that we're hearing about this morning I'm fuming at what I'm hearing about well they're talking about making it the same as the Roscommon University Hospital and Roscommon Hospital they have an injury unit which is open from 8am to 8pm seven days a week so I'm assuming that the injury clinic will remain the same what we're hearing is that the the doors of Bantry Hospital would be closed to all acute medical admissions outside the hours Monday to Friday 9 to 5 and that no emergency ambulance would be allowed to bring a patient uh, in. So I'm assuming that the injury clinic would remain as is. And some of your texts, hi Patricia, get out and march and clear politicians from the door and tell them why you are clearing them from the door. Hi Patricia, I texted you earlier and I also texted last week with the new head of the HSE saying close more of the A&Es 
and that was done on the worst day ever for trolley numbers in this country. I again ask, where do they get these people from? The new Minister for Health will have to take on the HSE after the election and put policies in place for the good of the people, not bureaucrats running vital services. Also, uh, didn't Jim Daly recently announce a major investment in Bantry Hospital? Question mark, question mark. My husband says a texter has been a patient in Bantry Hospital on a couple of occasions and received excellent care. Last March came very close to having a stroke, was saved by that excellent team. I was a patient there in September, got the same great care. Please, please retain our excellent hospital. And that signed a very grateful Skibberine ex-patient. And just one final one to wrap it up with. Uh, Tim makes an interesting point. This is kind of tied in about how people power and get out and protest test and get out and campaign. Tim says the original farmers walk to Dublin began in Bantry. I did not know this back in 1966 under the banner of the National Farmers Association that later went on to become the IFA. It was led by a Tipperary man by the name of Rickard DC. Charles Hawhey, the then Minister for Agriculture, refused to meet them. So they remained outside the department, a nationwide group. But just before Sean Lamas stepped down as Taoiseach, he and his son-in-law Charlie did meet the farmers, said Tim, proving the people power does work. It, it does work. And that was farmers with the protest that started from Bantry in 1966. And God knows we've gone from 1966 to 2020. And we have farmers as we speak today. I'm assuming that tractor protest is still going on outside Dublin. So not much changes in in over 50 years. 1850 333 103. Our lines are open. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting communities. Serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Okay, social dancing is on in the Hibernian Hotel in Mallow. It's on tonight at half past nine. Dance class is at half past eight. And teas and coffees will be served. Admission is 10 euro and it's open to all age groups. A public meeting on tackling climate change will be held in O'Donovan's Hotel in Clonakilty. That's happening tonight, seven o'clock. The lead speaker will be Kieran Allen, who is an author and a lecturer at UCC and everyone is welcome. A concert in Native Cork Penny Dinners will be held in St Mary's and All Saints Church of Ireland in Glanmire. That's happening tomorrow night, Friday, 8 o'clock in St Joseph's uh, St Joseph's Choir Glanmire, Cowtoolful group, group violinist Ellen O'Connell and students of the Cork School of Music will be amongst the guests. And don't forget, Alice in Panterland is continuing its run in Formoy Community Youth Centre. This weekend, it includes a matinee performance on Saturday and Sunday. And you can contact Formoy Community Youth Centre on Ashkey in Formoy for further details. If you have anything you item you want added to the community diary, contact us. You can email info at c103.ie. Now, Inspector Ian O'Callaghan joins us for this week's uh, Guard the File. Good afternoon to you, Ian. Good afternoon. And sorry we're later than normal uh, coming to you. Now, you want to start with a farmhouse with a shed attached to it and there was an attempted break-in. That's right, uh, Patricia. On the Friday, the 3rd of January, at 9.20am, between 9.20 and the Friday and the following morning, 8.30am, an unoccupied farmhouse, there's a shed attached to it and an attempt was made to break into the shed, causing a lot of damage to a door. While nothing was stolen during this incident, nonetheless, Gardaí in Bandon are investigating this and looking to hear from anybody in the general Kilbrogan area 
who may have seen something suspicious on in and around the 3rd, 4th of January. Okay, and again, we're back to farmhouses and sheds. You need to keep them as secure as possible. That's it, and it's a follow-on to the next incident in relation to in Drumdower in Glengariff uh, last Friday. Um, it occurred over the course of the weekend between Friday and Monday. A uh, garden shed was entered and approximately €6,500 worth of tools were stolen. Um, you know, traumatic for the, the owner of the property to have that value of property taken. Uh, some of the items included a red husk fan, a chainsaws, two of them, steel head cutters, uh, blue Milwaukee 24V Kango hammer, uh, red Honda power washer. And I guess, look, it's in relation to what I always say, whatever you spend on crime prevention products, it's proportionate to what you have in value. So, you know, the more property you have in an outhouse or a shed, you certainly need to be looking at robust locking measures, CCTV. If you have an alarm in your house, look at extending a sensor out to your shed or your garage. Um, it's just so important as well as motion sensor lighting And those, well. they're, they're expensive items, as you say. They all need to be marked as well. They do. They do. Photographed, marked, and also very much to consider marking your property, whether it's by using your air code or putting some sort of a co-op marking if you're a farmer. But certainly, these items are stolen to sell on. Mm. And if you have your property marked with some sort of permanent etching, it makes that item very unattractive for a criminal to, to take to want to take in the first place because they're thinking of selling it on. And we have to try and stop that market. People have to stop and think if they've been offered something at a knockdown price, why has it been offered at a knockdown price? Well, it is. And we very much need to hear from the public, uh, whether it's at car boot sales, people randomly calling to houses, where you know instinctively that the items they are selling are way below what you would be getting ordinarily. Um, that would arouse suspicion and we would very much ask people to stop and think and consider ringing the Garda station in the local area where they see that type of carry-on occurring and let us investigate the incident from there. Okay, there was an incident in Ballyfeard last night. Only last night, um, at approximately 10 o'clock, a farm owner interrupted two males on his property, so quite quite a shock for anybody uh, at that hour of night uh, to see two males uh, carrying items from the farm. Uh, they fled. Thankfully, there was no altercation. There was no physical harm done to the, the property owner, but nonetheless, a traumatic incident. Now, from talking to my colleagues in Kinsale earlier, uh, a vehicle of interest uh, that we want to just put a public appeal out to, particularly for anybody, Manan Bridge, Carrigaline area, is a, a white caddy van that was seen in and around that area last night at that time at 10pm. So it's just to contact our colleagues in Kinsale if somebody saw that. And as I said, it was two males uh, was seen by the property owner. Okay, and as you say, that only happened last night. And then there's a number of theft incidents that you want to draw attention to. That's right. Um, Again, back to power tools and anybody listening in who has power tools, most people do. Um, It's to be wared or stored. And as we outlined earlier, are they marked, photographed, etc. And this occurred between the 7th of January at 7pm and the following morning, the 8th of January, a shed was forcibly entered there at Barrakilla in Ardgroom and Beira and approximately €1,500 worth of tools was stolen, which included a red Kango hammer, a Bosch rotary drill and a Husqvarna 365 chainsaw. And the Gardaí in Castletown Beira investigating that matter. 
Was there home heating oil stolen as well? There was. Um, this type of theft isn't as prevalent as it was. Uh, yeah, number. Yeah, position. I think when when home heating oil was more expensive, we were almost doing it on a weekly basis. We were basis. doing it. We were indeed. Um, so you know, this could be a pattern or a trend that could develop. This happened at the bridge in Mill Street on Tuesday, the seventh of January, between one p.m. and six thirty p.m. Approximately five hundred liters of home heating oil was taken there from uh, the homeowner. And look, I suppose just quick prevention advice there is always to look at target hardening your oil tank. Uh, Certainly as a basic minimum, you should have a lock. And there's a lot of items out in the market now that are specific oil tank locks. And they're very, very uh, durable and very hard for people to actually um, to to break through those type of locks. Also, there's excellent... uh, electronic uh, devices out there now which would actually send an SMS message to your mobile phone if there was a sudden or rapid decrease in the oil in your tank. And there's even steel-type products as well out there which is basically, I suppose, encasing your oil tank within uh, this flat-pack system. And they are a lifelong product and that's the type of stuff we certainly would encourage people if you want peace of mind that your oil tank in all likelihood, a strong possibility you would never be targeted. You'd need to be looking at investing in those. Make it as hard as possible you for, do, for, for these guys. You do, because your oil tank is sitting out in, in most people's uh, gardens, um, you know, along the lineage of your property. So it's exposed. So when an item is exposed and there's value, valuable oil in there, um, of course it's going to be a potential target. And if you don't put preventative measures in place, there's a strong likelihood it could happen at some stage into the future. So it's just to get people to think in the light of this incident uh, to think about your oil tank and is it weak and is it exposed. Okay, we're going to stay uh, on the topic of tools being targeted and you want to go back to before Christmas. Yes, I suppose in relation to, I suppose, the long car carry there, we had several incidents in South Kerry, our own area here, Beira, even up into east of McCroom or west of McCroom. Uh, there was power tools taken. Now, our colleagues in the Kerry Division did find a large amount of tools um, in relation to in a property there in near Castle Island, which we are following definite lines of inquiry in relation to repatriating to incidents that happened in December. But it's just particularly uh, in areas where I've mentioned there, just that there clearly is a gang targeting tools from outhouses and sheds active at the moment and it's just for people to be aware of that and again it's back to people reporting any suspicious vans or cars that they see uh, maybe that could be casing properties uh, particularly as I said farms, outhouses where there is a likelihood that tools may be stored in sheds. Okay and it would be great to get those power tools back to their owners and if as you said earlier if they were marked particularly with the postcode I think is, is a clever one to do because you could just type in the postcode and you'd know exactly what, what address it was linked to it'll make it easier to get it back to people. It is indeed and we have a National Community Engagement Day on January 31st and indeed for particularly for members of the farming community Sergeant O'Donovan uh, will be at Skibbery in Mart and he will be there to mark property for farmers during the course of the Mart and during the course of the day. So that's the type of initiatives we try to do at community events is to encourage people to bring along their property and we will assist in marking well the same with the likes of the air code. Okay, there an electrical cable stolen. Electrical cable was stolen there on the 9th of January. That was uh, last Thursday between 9.20pm and, and 10.20pm, so a one-hour window there, about €500 Euro worth of electrical cable 
was taken at Sleeb Rock there in the Ballyborney area and my colleagues in McCroom are investigating that incident. And more tools this time, Guinigwilla? Uh, yes, uh, at Quarries Cross in Guinigwilla, um, a drive shaft and two catalytic converters were stolen from a commercial premises there on the 10th of January between 12.15am and 1.45am, so that's the early hours of the morning. So you can see there with a few of the incidents there mentioned are happening at night time and it's back to motion censored lighting and ensure there's good lock-up procedures not only by business owners but, you know, by homeowners as well in relation to their garages and outhouses. Okay, they, we, I know before Christmas we were talking about some false 20 euro notes. More have surfaced in, this time in Kinsale. Yes, uh, last week there on the 9th of January, a uh, 20 euro note was tendered there in a commercial premises at Kinsale. So it's, look, it's just for retailers tuning in uh, to be aware that there is 20 euro notes. Uh, predominantly over the last couple of years, it's been mainly 50 euro notes. So 20 euro notes is certainly a new dynamic um, that criminals are putting out into the community and particularly targeting uh, retailers at busy times to try and tender those notes without anybody noticing. Are they realistic looking? Uh they wouldn't be, but they would be targeting premises at busy times. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and younger staff, they've attended. And, young, and yeah. younger, maybe inexperienced staff as well, and that people are in a hurry to get transactions processed and might notice the, the note. So it is back to our work with retailers in relation to uh, proper counterfeit uh, preventative measures such as machines. And from there we go to scams on Facebook Messenger. That's right. Um, Look, it's just uh, scams happening every day of the week. Um, All we can do is warn people just to think before they are lured into a potential financial transaction either online or over the phone. And a general warning here is in relation to the Facebook um, Messenger app that a lady here in West Cork um, last week was very close to going ahead with this transaction. But basically, in in a nutshell... It, it was a message, a link from a friend of hers, and we're all aware that we are all at risk of being hacked on some of these apps if our passwords, etc., or email addresses uh, get compromised. And she thought it was genuine. As I said, it was from a friend, and it sent her into a link which she opened that was from a UK firm um, espousing to be selling medical cover for illness. And it looked like a good deal, etc. But the more she looked into it, uh, the more suspicious she got. And thankfully, I suppose, was able to pull away from the transaction at the last minute. Um, So it's to applaud that lady. But at the same time, it's create awareness amongst everybody. Uh, If something seems too good to be true, the old saying, don't go for it. Um, And anything online there from external links or companies that you're not aware of, it's certainly you need to be so cautious. Yeah, and even though it looks like it's coming from your friend, it's not. Your friend's account got hacked and is able to then, but it does look like your friend is giving you a piece of advice. It is, and like you just got to be cute in relation to, if that is out of the ordinary, a friend sent you a link like that, just maybe ring your friend and say... Did you send that on? Yeah, that should should raise Um, alarm bells. Yes, instead of after the event and thinking, God, I should have contacted my friend there and rang him or her and just to check it out. So these things can happen quick and they normally can put timelines on it that you have to proceed with this within the next hour to avail of this special offer and special discount, etc. Yeah. Um, and people need to report it as well. Um, Ian, I always find over the years when I've been dealing with people who got caught out in a scam and you'd say, did you report it to the guard? They say, oh no, I felt so stupid I didn't want to tell anybody no, that I no, did no. it. Yeah, you yeah. Do, you, I mean, these cr- criminals are good at what they do. 
They do, and they're constantly looking for new original ideas on how to scam all of us. And if we don't hear about it, how are we meant to utilise the likes of coming onto your show, Patricia, and letting you know the wider public aware and get people talking about it? You hear about that scam the other day, absolutely. And you know, it's just all about creating awareness and letting them know that we are on top of the fact that we could be scammed. Okay. And to finish off, a drug drivers too caught this week? Well, it's just to mention it there that, you know, obviously we're all formulating our district policing plans and our divisional policing plans this month and certainly top of the agenda along with crime prevention and ensuring communities are safe is keeping our roads safe. And it's just to let people know that we are out there as part of our mandatory random checkpoints that we are as well as checking drivers for drink driving we are checking also for drug driving and we're taking swabs from people daily all over the country in relation to trying to prevent people from driving under the influence of drugs and just this week in only yesterday and the day before here in Bantry we had two individuals arrested uh, Tuesday evening and Wednesday evening on suspicion of drug driving uh, where they would have failed at the checkpoint oral fluid um, detection devices and they would have been brought to here to Bantry and blood samples taken from them. So though we're awaiting analysis there, but it's just to to let the public know that we are very proactive in relation to not only drink driving, but also in relation to detecting people who are driving under the influence of drugs. OK, you you will get caught. And uh, Michael wants us to mention the Ballinspittal Community Alert AGM is on next Monday night in the community centre in Ballinspittal at half past seven. And the guest speaker is Sergeant James O'Donovan from the West Cork Crime Prevention And I know Michael very well from my years as Crime Prevention Officer and I wish them all the best. A fantastic committee down there and they do great work for the community and just acknowledge Michael for the work that he does down there. Well done, well done. Okay, listen, we leave it there, Ian. Thank you for that and we'll talk again in the coming weeks, but thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Good afternoon, that is Inspector Ian O'Callaghan joining us from Bantry Garda Station. 1850-333-103. I'd said earlier that Jane, our resident vet, was joining us. Unfortunately, she's feeling under the weather, so she's not going to be with us today, but she will be back answering your pet questions next week. John Paul is taking your calls at 1850 33103 text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas, and kiln dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Quick look at just some of your calls and texts coming in. The County Mayor, Councillor Christopher O'Sullivan, has issued a statement to us here at C103 on the possible downgrading of Bantry Hospital to say he's only hearing the news this morning. He says it would be a massive step back for Bantry and indeed for the entire West Cork region. He said he'll be doing everything in his remit to try and find a solution and reverse the decision. And by the way, you know I said earlier that we we were contacting the HSE, the press office, to see if they could issue us with a statement as to what's going on, particularly in advance of the meeting that's happening uh, tonight. John Paul tells me that when he got onto the HSE to the press office they have sent him on to a private PR company. The South and Southwest Hospital Group are represented by a private PR company not by the HSC press office. 
I'll just leave that there. Okay, and there was just one more quick uh, text in that I called, just a couple of texts in. Anthony says, no minister will ever change the HSC mess. The problem is his top civil servants don't change. And Jane says, Patricia, I had to go to Bantry Hospital today for an x-ray. It's actually my first time to have to go to the hospital and I was listening to you as I was travelling down in the car. I arrived, checked in, went to the toilet and I sat down. was just opening my magazine to have a read and I was called, x-ray done and off I go. Spotlessly clean hospital, lovely staff and so very, very efficient. It would seem crazy to close any services there. Thanking you, Jane, who has the hashtag support Bantry Hospital. I have a funny feeling that that's something we could get trending very, very easily. Thank you for that. 1850-333-103. Now, a new blueprint has been drawn up by Cork County Council designed to reduce traffic speed in estates, in villages, and most importantly... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Outside schools, the blueprint has been drawn up by members of the council's Roads and Transportation Special Purposes Committee, of which independent councillor Declan Hurley is the chairperson and Declan joins me. Good afternoon to you, Declan. Good afternoon, Patricia. And Happy Happy New Year to you. Have we lost him already? Hello, Declan. I'm still here. Can oh, you're you still me? here. Sorry, the, the line yeah. just went dead there for a second. Uh, you're welcome to the programme. Happy New Year to you. Um, now, just firstly, before we get into this issue, you've obviously been hearing what we've been talking about with the, down, the uh, talks of downgrading Bantry Hospital. I have, and I suppose look, we would have been aware of it there for the last number of days uh, before it kind of hit the press lines uh, this morning, really. But 
Um, yes, um, I suppose as, as chair of the Friends of Banjo General Hospital, um, certainly very worried um, that what's being proposed uh, is being proposed. And uh, I suppose really from my own personal point of view, I think it's the highest example of, of stupidity um, in, in the middle of an ongoing health crisis when there's trolleys being lined up in, in corridors uh, through hospitals uh, to, come, to come out now and, and claim that this is something that they're proposing to do um, just beggars belief and I just can't understand. And the, and the funny thing is there is no logical explanation being put out as to why this is being proposed. Like yeah, I've, I can't. I'm, I'm, no, I still have a lot more emails to, to pile through this afternoon. Is it cost saving? Um, I, I can't see how it is. Right? Because if you see the network of community hospitals and general hospitals we have around the country, um, we have a fantastic network that we're ultimately we're not utilising those facilities as best we can. Yeah. We, we've going, if, we go, if, we look, if we look back, we, ha- we heard these taglines, centres of excellence. Um, it all looks well on paper, but in practical, uh, in practice, it doesn't work. And we see what's happening with CUH. Um, that is meant to be our centre of excellence. It's, it's far from it. And our community hospitals, our general hospitals like Bantry, like Mallow, they should be utilised far, far more to take the pressure off uh, the likes of CUH, where people can come in in, in their own locality, uh, get their uh, treatments done, come in and go home on the same day. But that's not being done. So you, you, the blind leading the blind here, there's no joint of thinking. And at the moment, if this proposal goes through, it means Andrew is going to lose uh, its acute status and its 24 medical admissions. Um, and this absolutely cannot allowed to happen. And I'm putting the call out to the people of West Cork to get ready because we have to fight this tooth and nail. Um, we've heard, of course, every time a general election comes around, there is talk that Bantry is going to be affected, it's going to close, it's going to be downgraded. Um, and it comes and it goes, but I think this time we really need to sit up and take notice. This is serious. And if we, if we take our eye off the ball, we're, we're going to lose um, our facility. And it seems to be close, closure by stealth. It's a gradual removal of services for the last number of years. Uh, and ultimately, we're going to reach a stage where I think we nearly are now that we could ultimately lose that, that status that, that the hospital has. And that's the status that has been safeguarding the hospital for the last number of years. Uh, and I think now is the time to call a halt. Um, and I think, I suppose, the, the big problem, I think, at the moment is that the, the overspin in the Children's Hospital in Dublin is affecting every yeah. budget across the board, yeah. not just health, everything. And I think this is another way that they're looking at cutting corners uh, to save money to, to cover them, the... the um, did you overspend the heaven Dublin? And this is probably one example. But it, we cannot allow this to happen. And that's not our that. that's not our fault in Bantry that they it is not, there's an overspend. Not, and the people of West Cork should not pay the price for that. Well, I tell you, judging by the reaction we've had this morning, Declan, you'll have no problem rallying the troops to get well, people I'm, to, I'm, I've to been protest. From, I've been listening from the very uh, opening of your show, and I'm, I'm heartened uh, to, to, to hear the support out there for Bantry because it's incredible. Uh, it, it, the people of West Cork have kept that hospital going and there's, there's, I think at this stage, roughly off the top of my head, the people of West Cork have fundraised for half a million to provide additional services and patient comforts over the last number of years. Um, and at, at this stage, I just want to make people aware that the Friends of Bantry Hospital are putting, uh, setting up a, an online petition Great. to give people an opportunity to put, to, I suppose, put the, uh, for show their support and their anger uh, at what's being proposed. So if they keep an eye on the Friends of Bantry Hospital Facebook page, we will have a link up there to go on and sign the petition to say stop downgrade your Bantry General Hospital. Okay, and we need as many people as possible to share that and just get that message out. Can I also say, and it's, it's, it's one thing that... 
Sloan to Care, there, you know, which is the 10 year programme that came in, I think, in 2018, which is going to transform our health and uh, social care services. Sloan to Care, anytime I do an interview on Sloan to Care, it's all about care in the community. Surely that's the exact opposite to what they're talking about with Bantry Hospital. It's completely the opposite. And I think, look, from, from day one, I think the HSC structure has been the worst thing that has happened to our health service from day one because it's been going on a downward spiral uh, since the HSE was implemented and it, it, it has no accountability. These things are just, there's report upon report upon report. Um, if, if you come, it's like Sarge Care on paper, it sounds a very good report. It sounds like that's the way it should be done, but it's not being implemented. No. It's swallowed up in the bigger picture. And I think if you go back to the old health boards where you had your local GPs, your local councillor or TD on the, that's where able to hold um, the HS, the, the Southern Health Board at the time, accountable. You have not got a forum now where anybody can be held accountable to. Nobody okay. can ask you hard questions and there's nobody to answer those questions. And I think that's that's very much the frustration that people are feeling this morning. OK, let me get back to the issue that we invited you onto the programme. And this is this blueprint that's been drawn up to reduce traffic speed. Do councillors, Declan, get a lot of complaints about safety issues, uh, particularly around schools? There is no week that uh, goes by, Patricia, that not I or my colleagues are contacted by someone or some school or some association uh, about perceived as for speeding in built-up areas and, yes, in particular outside schools and particularly rural schools. Um, in, in recent years, um, I think there's been certainly a, an ever-increasing um, demand for, for traffic calming in towns and villages. And uh, I suppose we can erect all the warning signs in the world, but there seems to be more and more of a need now for actual physical measures to be put in place to actually physically slow traffic down. Um, and I, I think it goes back to this, I suppose, the responsibility at the end of the day lies, lays with the driver and, and awareness. So I think um, there needs to be, I think, maybe a re-education again as to when you're in the car and driving through a built-up area or passing a school, if you do have to slow down because there is a danger uh, somebody's going to walk out or a kid's going to cross the road and, and going to get seriously injured. So this policy is, is I suppose, their the course of activities, long-term goals as to what we should be doing and how we can, um, I suppose, re-educate drivers and try and make them slow down in built-up areas and around schools. And are the guidelines, are they for new bills or will they include retrofit traffic coming? It will obviously it'll, it'll cover both, but okay. obviously as well going forward, we need to ensure that future developments, new schools being built, new housing estates, that, that those measures are included in the planning, that they're not being done as a, a second fit afterwards because um, I think there needs to be proper planning put in place and this policy uh, does identify where developers um, do have to incorporate proper um, parking facilities and particularly in schools that are proper and safe sit down and pick up areas for kids in the mornings and evenings because, and again, this is difficult for a lot of rural schools because they had, the schools were just built uh, in little corners of fields and things and they haven't got uh, proper parking and well they were up. also built in a time when there wasn't so many cars dropping children that's, off to school you're right yeah that is true people walk to schools and obviously that that trend has changed over the years and you see now where schools and, and particularly parents associations have to kind of fundraise and, and work closely with car county council to try and provide these safe set down and pick up areas uh, in in rural schools but um, i suppose look basically this this policy is to make aware that these problems are out there. We do have to address them. And by having this policy in place, it, it does basically, of course, they are the long-term goals that we have to work towards um, providing safe schools, 
roads, footpaths for our kids and pedestrians and, and again the motorists and the drivers that use them. And obviously particularly with the with the retrofit solutions it comes with a cost. Does the council have a dedicated fund for traffic calming measures? We, we obviously we get our annual allocation of funding at the beginning of each year and, and yes there is always a measure of uh, budget in there and we, we do allocate um, a certain amount of funds towards uh, retrofitting um, safety measures um, in built up areas, towns, villages and schools but unfortunately you know as well as I do that, that funding never it always falls short what needs to be done so we need to I suppose as well to utilise this uh, policy to, in, to I suppose try and get more funding from the department and highlight that there are problems though that need to be addressed from a safety point of view. Um, but at the end of the day, we do spend our allocated amount of money towards safety um, in towns and villages, but there is a big, big shortfall in the amount of money we do get and we have to try again. And that's what we mean as public representatives to try and lobby to get extra money so we can do more and do more retrofitting for safety. Okay, Mary, one of our listeners says, well done to the council on this. She's sick and tired of people speeding through the village where she lives. Her big problem, though, is that there is no enforcement. Do we need more guard enforcement, particularly in areas where it's known to be speeding? Yeah, I suppose at the end of the day, the responsibility for enforcement of speed limits or speed, the yes, speed limits, um, is designated to the guardy. And obviously, again, we know their resources, their they don't have adequate resources to provide a proper, full policing service from the point of view of safety. But we do, on, on Garda Shikana, our representatives are represented on this SPC, so they are fully aware of, of this document and what's gone into it, and they have input into the formation of this document. So yes, it, it does go back down to um, policing it and enforce it, but again, the resources aren't in the Garda to, to do that. So yes, your listener is correct in saying that Again, you can have all the signs, all the policies, all the rules, but again, if they're not going to be enforced, they're no good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. And before I let you go, I must congratulate you and Catherine on your (laughs) Christmas-themed wedding. You kept that quiet. Uh, We did, yeah. Look, I was back in July when I um, um, uh, proposed to Catherine uh, soon after we kind of decided, look, we we had to try and pick a, a date as to when they're going to carry this through. And, uh, of course, in the, in the course of conversation, we decided something small, something low-key, something kind of just uh, for family. And that's what we did. And, obviously, with the Christmas season coming up and friends and family coming home, it, it seemed to be the, the best option was to have it uh, around Christmas time. So that's what we did. And, yes, it, it was low-key. It was special. It was, it was our day. Well uh, done. And for family and friends. And it was, uh, to, we thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, looking forward to... Uh, uh, a new life together with uh, with my beloved, and and we know for the engagement the cow was it butters the cow butters the cow Fe- yes. the, the cow feature because you 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 propose with the help of the cow. That's right, and butters featured on the day because Catherine's aunt actually she's uh, she baked us uh, she done the, the wedding cake on the day and she actually done a replica a model of butters but uh, butters was the 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 top the, t- on the, the top cake, of the cake topper the cake topper <laughs> thanks Patricia she was cake topper on the day and Patricia actually had. Uh, Put the, the wording on the on the cow. Will you marry me? In very small print. You actually needed the micro the 
the, the glasses to, to read it but um, yes Butters was there on the day as well Well what a creative aunt Catherine has <laughs> Well done Well done Well congratulations to you both and we wish you a long and a happy life Thanks very much Thank you for thanks that and thanks for joining us uh, Good, mo- good afternoon to you Bye bye That bye is uh, Councillor Declan Hurley joining us from West Cork 1850 333 103 and thank you to somebody to say uh, Patricia would you please let everybody know that Liskinet Equine Therapy Centre will be featuring tonight on Ear to the Ground at 7 o'clock on RTE 1 and thank you. I'd actually a note made and I'd have forgotten about it only I saw that text uh, came in. Uh, if you get a chance this afternoon at 7 o'clock sit down and watch Ear to the Ground. If not put it on record or watch it on, on catch up because I want as many people as possible to take a look at Liskinet Farm. It is outside of Charleville on the way to Limerick and it was inspired by Rupert Isaacson. Anyone who had ever read the book, and there was a movie as well, wasn't there, um, the, called The Horse Boy, which is a story about how Rupert designed this project using a horse to help his autistic son and he, his son built up a relationship with animals and it helped with his, his, his autism. So Liskinet is a farm. It's home to 25 horses, but it's got 14 full-time residents with autism and it was established five years ago now by the Charleville-based charity St. Joseph's Foundation and it's a foundation that I know well. I was actually on the board of directors at the time, but because of work commitments and... My special needs daughter, I've had to step down from the board, but I was I was very proud to have been involved when we were helping to establish Liskinet Farm. And if you watch it tonight, you'll see the farm manager, David Doyle, who it was the inspiration around getting Liskinet Farm off the ground for St. Joseph's Foundation. His own daughter actually has autism, but uh, you'll get to see it firsthand how the therapy works. And they feature some of the young people who are living now in Liskinet Farm, but it's just one of those absolute gems when it comes to dealing with young children and young people with disabilities, but particularly with autism. We sometimes really do need to think outside of the box. Don't go down the traditional route that we've been using all along. And that's exactly what Liskinet has done. It's just, it's an amazing facility and you get to see it tonight uh, on Ear to the Ground. I mean, it provides, for example, 10,000 sessions or did last year uh, to children from all over the country. So it's not just for the for the 14 residents who live in Liskinet. It's, it helps so many other children as well. So that's on Ear to the Ground tonight at 7 o'clock. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln dried wood, and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie. Eggfoilamach quiddenanir is farlin. Shot eight thrower C103 air kirkig. Oskliach park yelln the tromore ledianee. Erin devo yas dungahers. Agus is fader shoe nutamontrige. Hogalor odiger fader yen of sephork. Ha rian BMX an. Unadakwech de fener. Is fader rugby a immertown. Dollar hue lodi. Agus ta un dome an. Is fader rarka oiler galor does na deal suntish a ta gurkig. Un winte fechna show. Ha park yelln the tromore. Erin devo yas dungahers. Nukta, quid denaniha is fari gorkig, C103. That's where I have to leave you. We just quickly as 
statement in from Bantry General Hospital. Say, Hospital management wish to advise there are no plans by the HSE to downgrade Bantry General Hospital. We'll pick up on this again tomorrow. Thanks to John Paul McNamara. Talk to you tomorrow at 10. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Call and collect or get seven-day delivery for those cosy nights in. Lowcostfuel.ie